Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be Next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit BeNext.ThinkMOCO.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 50 of the Fantrax Toolshed. That's right, halfway to 100 with Clegg and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store for you all today. In our second episode this week, talk some outfield and pitching prospect risers and fallers back on Monday in episode 49. So if you missed that, go check that out. We got some MLB dynasties talk today. And with me, as always, you know him, Chris Clegg. What's going on, man? Not too much. Another good day to be back. I'm two in a week. Can't complain about that. And uh, talking about some some dynasty players. We've hit prospects the last few weeks. Today we'll hit on some more MLB players. It's going to be a fun episode that I'm really looking forward to. But of course, we're going to start with two prospects. Because <laughs> right. We did, not. Have, we did have two call-ups this, over the last week or so that were notable. But before we get into those, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at aircross 4 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please write and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Check out our Patreon, for, which is at patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra written content from both of us. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcasts, SP Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Football POV. Chris, is your timeline getting this overloaded with fantasy football stuff yes now. i need to figure out i was i was thinking through words to mute because it's just too much like all it was today was football and i'm like don't care don't care don't care don't care yeah and so i'm just I, not into fantasy football i get I, I play in my one home league with my buddies just because we always have um but i get reminded was looking at twitter these days seeing all the football talk that about why i'm not a fantasy football writer I, I did i did fantasy football writing for one year my first year at fantrax hq back in 2017 and didn't really like it i i kind of I, I like football i enjoy fantasy football well enough obviously not near baseball but like half the players people are talking about i'm like nope don't know them like whoever this number one waiver ad this week is i don't know that guy yeah, i got told <laughs> 800 times on twitter today to add elijah mitchell yeah that's that all guy. i saw all Never i saw. heard of him rookie louisiana him. lafayette yeah there yeah all over like and so no offense to any fantasy football writer, I love a lot of you, but like all the stuff was the same. Like everybody's waiver ads were exactly the same. So like, you know what the heck? You got to be different. Baseball, right. there's so many players. It's like you can be different because there's so many options. And with football, it's just not. So I, I mean, yeah. I understand it to an extent because it's like there's limited players to add. But like, what I love about baseball is just like it's such a deep player pool. There's you can go so in depth. You can go as in depth as you want on it. Like right. you know, thirty team dynasty where we have. How many guys rostered? Eighteen hundred players. Like, that's crazy. So you have to dig really deep. But yeah, you, you can't do that. You can't do that in football. No, you, have, you have to be. You have to be rostering like the practice squad left tackle or something <laughs> like that. Guys still in high school. Right. Yeah, he said we drafted in twenty twenty four. So let's roster him now. But enough, <laughs> enough of fantasy football. Let's get into baseball. That's why we're all here. And let's start with Seth. Beer got called up a few days back by the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's played in tonight. Will be his, we're recording on Tuesday night. It'll be his fifth game. He started three games, started two at DH, and he's pinch it in the other two. And then tonight will be his first start in the field at first base against the Dodgers. 
you know, very kind of not underrated, but I'd say undervalued bat because nothing about Seth Beer really like stands out. There's he's not a super sexy prospect, doesn't have huge power, doesn't have any speed. Um, but he's just a solid, solid hitter. Like there's nothing else you could say about Seth Beer, but he's a solid hitter. This year in AAA Reno, 287, 398, 511 slash line with 16 home runs and 100 games. That's kind of what he is. Good average. I think he'd be a 280-ish guy, 25 or so home runs. Solid approach. You know, it's not really, not really much to say about him, but what, what are your thoughts on, on Seth Beer here? And how good do you think he can be long-term? Yeah, he's interesting because, you know, at one point, like there was talk that he was like the number one draft prospect in high school, like he was that talented. He went to Clemson, so he's pretty local. I live about 20 minutes from Clemson. So I saw him, you know, quite a bit, you know, had huge power at Clemson. I think there were some questions about his hit tool to an extent. So his, his stock dropped a decent amount. I mean, he was still first rounder. Don't get me wrong. He was selected 28th overall in 2018. But, you know, at one point, the talk of being the top overall player in the class out of high school. So there's kind of a, a difference there. But even still, I think he's been solid. I kind of wonder how the hit tool translates. Like, I don't know if he's going to hit for great average, even though, you know, he's done nothing but do that in the minor leagues. Like every stop, he's done that in, you know, in three levels in 2018, hit 304 in 2019 between two levels, 289. Then you mentioned in AAA this year, 287. You know, pretty friendly hitter environment this year in Reno. So I don't know. I, I feel like we should see more power from him. Like I'm surprised to only see him hit 16 so far this year. But definitely right. encouraged to see him already hit one at the big league level. I'll be interested to see, like he, like you mentioned, his profiles extent. I don't think he provides much value anywhere in the field. He'll be okay, but I think his value comes from his bat. So there's certainly a chance that he could be, you know, a, a decent type bat. I think he's got maybe 20, 25 home run pop. So we'll kind of see how that develops. But yeah, I'm not like going crazy about him. But like I said, he'll be interesting to follow. Yeah, he's kind of like a like a poor man's version of a poor man's version of Jordan Alvarez, like. <laughs> Jordan's gonna be like a 280, 300 guy, 30, 35, 40 home runs. You know, scale that back to like 70%. You got Seth Beer, you know. So I think, you know, I said, I don't think he's a hit 300. I agree with that. But, you know, 270, 280. You know, he's always, like I said, he's always done that. He's always hit well. Um, but yeah, 20, 25 home runs. He's never gonna be a top 100 guy overall, I don't think. But, you know, maybe a guy you're drafting in the mid rounds every year. Like, all right, you know, get some average, get some power, you know, plug him in at whatever. I don't know if he's end up at first base or outfield. We'll see. Um, not a great defender, so but he's probably better off in the AL. Um, although the NL might get the DH soon, so never, you never know. But uh, moving on here to a more intriguing prospect, Vernon Davis got the call up to Triple A this year. Started off hot, and now he's kind of cooled off of late, but overall still pretty solid slash line of 259, 371, 486, 22 doubles, 15 home runs, 8 steals, 11.2% walk rate and a 29.6% strikeout rate. What's the start right there, Chris? Are you worried about that strikeout rate? Um, a little bit, but I think the hit tool is better than this. I think we're going to see it develop. He's still young and he's facing good competition. Double A competition, you know, the pitching might be better than Triple A. We'll see. It'll be interesting. And I think that this is something that you're going to see down the stretch of you're going to see minor leaguers getting promoted at Triple A. And that's because the AAA season is two weeks longer than the rest of the minor leagues. And for a player like Davis, it's an opportunity for him to get more reps and, you know, 10 to 12 more games. So you'll probably see this more often where, you know, then over the next week, you're going to see guys bump to AAA and you're going to say, well, why this late? It's because probably their, their AA, their, maybe even their high A team isn't going to make the playoffs for the minor leagues. And so they're going to get them a AAA to get them a couple more weeks of reps. And so that might be the case with Davis. I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think he went out and like earned the promotion. He wasn't great at double A. He was good. Mentioned 13 bombs, six stolen bases over 316 plate appearances. But we saw the average tank a little bit after his strong start in high A where he hit 321. He just 252 in double A. Obviously small sample in high A, you know, he came was coming off an injury. So I don't know. I, I, Interested to see how he'll perform. He's obviously a top prospect still. Nothing's changed in that book. So right. I'm still a big fan of him. You know, even with some of the struggles, he's still arguably a top, he's easily a top 10, arguably a top five prospect, in my opinion, for fantasy purposes, because all the tools that he has. And I think that that power speed combo is really good. And I think the hit tool comes around. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I have him at 55 hit, 60 plus power, 50 plus speed. So, yeah, I, I think he can be a top, you know, 50 type of fantasy player down the road. You know, he, he's my number five prospect, you know, but for me, three through like 11 right now is like incredibly close. It's like I, I have Adley Rushman at 11 and I'd have no issue anybody putting him three. It's like Bobby Witt and, and Julio Rodriguez are the top two. They're in a tier by themselves, in my opinion. And then three through 11 is just like very, very close. So um, number five for me, but he could easily be number nine. And that's just because of how good, good the top of the prospect pool is right now. Um, but yeah, I, I love I love Brendan Davis. Uh, I'm not worried at all. I wouldn't say at all. I'm slightly concerned about the higher K rate this year, but at the same time, it's not something that really concerns me long term. Like you look in in the in the lower levels, those K rates uh, was 18.2 percent combined in 2018, 2019. Granted, those small sample size, lower levels, but I never really saw this being an issue for him. So um, I think it's just his first full year, you know, in affiliated ball. You know, getting tested at you know higher levels. I think I think he'll adjust and think he'll be fine. I don't think he's gonna be um, more than like a 20, low 20s percent strikeout rate type of guy to go along with 25 plus home runs, 10 plus steals, solid average. So nice all around profile here. All right, let's get over to the MLB side of things. Let's start off with some hitters and start off with the worst hitter on the list. You know, two years ago, this guy was an MVP. I think you know who we're talking about right now. Cody Bellinger. We talked about him like a month and a half, two months ago, and he's just gotten worse since then. Overall on the season, 325 plate appearances, 161, 237, 298 slash for nine home runs and two steals. Last 30 days, 107, 136, 155 slash no home runs, no steals, 130 Woba, 048 ISO. Ouch. Um, One thing further here before I turn it over to Chris, uh, I put out a tweet like this the other day, but I dug into this more. Of the 235 hitters in baseball this year with 300-plus plate appearances, these are his ranks. Woba, 234th. WRC+, plus 234th. I think Jackie Bradley Jr. was the only one lower on both of those. Average, 235th. OBP, 235th. Slugging, 231st. So bottom five in all of those. You know, I'm, I want to make a joke that you know everyone knows I love Kelnick. Even Kelnick's been better than Cody Bellinger this year. <laughs> Kelnick's been downright terrible so this just shows you how bad cody bellinger is but like chris how much of this because a lot of times the the bellinger supporters out there on twitter and there are still plenty of them they just go immediately to always hurt it's the shoulder how much of this do you think we can attribute to it being the shoulder i I maybe a little i think some but not all what what are your thoughts on that i mean it's been at this point nearly 900 plate appearances of being terrible Go back to post-All-Star break 2019. And that's what people don't understand is they see the the numbers for the entire MVP season and don't realize that it was literally just March, April, and May that he was really good. Yeah. So a short part of March, May, April, and May that he was like really elite. And it sustained the whole season because he was that good over that month. It was that big of a hot stretch. But post-All-Star break 2019, so 850 plate appearances, you, you break it down to a per – 150 games. Here's what he's done: 27 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 216, 308, 423. Average exit velocity over that time: 89 miles an hour. So yeah, you can attribute it to injury if you want, but this has been a long stretch of him just being good, like, and, it, and not even good. Like the batting average is not good. The OBP is not good. And if you want to attribute him to being a high OBP guy, or even if you want to say he's a 260 type hitter like closer to his career number, that's fine. But he hasn't been good in over two years. That's how long it's been. And so I don't know how much we can just attribute it and say it, he's hurt. He's hurt. And, you know, he said to have a fractured tibia earlier in the year, but he's kept playing. I think he's fine. I haven't heard anything about that in since like April or May. It's yeah. been a long time. Maybe the shoulder's lingering, but God, it, I don't know. He's finding himself on the bench. This is a team that's incredibly deep. They don't, I mean, they don't need him out there sucking. They'll find someone else to put in this spot and dominate. They are, they're that deep. Right. They don't need yeah. him. They and are so, insanely deep. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, yeah, I think he could get right in the offseason, but right now his value's tanked. He's certainly outside of my top 100 for Dusty. 
Yeah, I kept him in my last update barely. I think he was like pushing 90. But yeah, at this point, unless he goes, you know, turns back into early 2019 Cody Bellinger over the last few weeks of the season here, you know, my end of season update, you know, in early October or whatever, it, he'll be well outside it, like probably 130 or so if I had to guess. Because, you know, he, he I think he can bounce back. Like, obviously, he's not this bad. Maybe he is. <laughs> Maybe he is this bad, but I do think he'll bounce back to a degree, not the 2019 levels, certainly not the 2019 first half levels. Maybe not even the 2019 second half levels where he was like good, but not great. You know, I think long term, I won't be surprised if he settled in as like a 250, 260 type of hitter with 25, 30 home runs and a handful of steals. And that, is that still good? So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a top 150 player or so right there. But People think he's gonna bounce back and just be like this top fifty guy. I don't see it. Like I the, the even through this, his approach hasn't been terrible. Yeah, his walk rate and strike rate have gone, you know, in the wrong direction, but they're not terrible. It's not, it's not like he has like a 37% K rate or anything like that. It's still like I think 27 or so percent on the year, which isn't great, but it's you think it'd be a lot worse with when you look at his surface stats. But yeah, at this point, I want nothing to do with him. Like I said, I think the shoulder has a little bit to do with it, but it's, it's not like he had the surgery. Like It's not like this is early season. Like If this was April, I could give him a pass, but we're, we're now in September. So how long are we going to use this? Like If they could use it again next year, you know, as, if he's struggling in May of 2022, it would be, oh, it's his shoulder. I'm like, how long can people use the shoulder excuse? But moving on here to a guy that's not struggling this year, anything but Matt Olson. Let's talk about him for a minute here, Chris. 276, 370, 545 slash line, 34 bombs, 98 RBI, 91 run score, and four steals in 586 plate appearances this season. Done a lot of things well, been more aggressive while improving both his zone and chase contact rates. That's great to see. You know, K rate has been almost cut in half. Uh, 13th best K minus walk rate in baseball among 137 qualified hitters. Now, there's been a lot of tangible improvements here, and he's moved, moving way up rankings. So, I'm, I'm assuming for you, even more so because you do OBP. Where, where do you have him in your rankings? And do you think this Matt Olson we're seeing now is legit, or do you think he's going to regress back to somewhat closer to what he's been? I wouldn't surprise, be surprised if he's legit. I've got him top 20. I've got him at 19. And yeah, I put up a poll the other day, yesterday, and asked who would you rather have in Dynasty, either him or Freddie Freeman. He's five years younger than Freddie Freeman. And Freddie's had a little better year, but Freddie was had like seventy five percent of the vote. But I don't Is he know. Five I've got, years younger, really? Yeah, thirty two wow. versus twenty seven. He's only twenty. He he feels like he should be thirty two as well. I don't know why he, yeah. he feels like he's older than he is. Yeah, I, I mean, this is he just entering his prime, and you know we've seen obviously the monster power in the past, and I think that you know some average regression could come, but he's been very very good. And we've seen the contact rate step up. And, you know, I think I actually dove into him my last one of my last articles on fan tracks. And I think the biggest thing for him is that he's got an increased swing rate. He's swinging on more first pitches and he's seen his out of zone swing rate and in zone swing rate both increase by nearly 5% each, which in a way is actually good. You may say, well, if he's swinging more out of his own, it's not good. But it's, it, I think it's a good thing because he's being more aggressive. He's not getting deep into counts. He's not striking out as much. He's making more contact. He One of the biggest things, he's really improved against lower pitches in the zone. And last year, struck out a ton on pitches low in the zone, posted really poor batting averages. Like if you look at his grid, you know, the bottom three grids from the outside, on the, the three lower spots from the outside, 182, low middle, 160, and low end last year, 0.063. This year, on those pitches, 333, 370, 280. And yeah, that makes a huge difference when you're making that quality contact down in the zone, obviously helping him out a ton. And I think that his higher strikeout rate in the past was due to just getting deep in the counts, like I mentioned, because the lack of aggression. And now he's more aggressive. He's putting more balls into play, but he's not sacrificing his walk rate any. We've seen the strikeout rate cut nearly in half from last year, and the walk rate still sustaining the swinging strike rate's way down, which is super encouraging. And I think that kind of leads me to believe that it's sustainable. And, you know, it, it wouldn't surpri surprise me if he bumped closer to like a 20% strikeout rate guy, but like that's really, really good. And so you know, for OBP, that really plays up. And for batting average, you know, he's been pretty solid as well. Yeah, he's been solid all around. Like you mentioned, like 
yeah, he's been chasing more outside the zone. That's about four and a half percent, but his chase contacts also at 15.1%. So definitely helps when you're making more contact. Um, because yeah, everything else, even the whiff rate's been cut by about 12%. A lot to like here. We, we mentioned the contact rates are up, K rate being cut in half. Quality of contact metrics are still very, very good. 12.9% barrel rate, 91.5 average exit velo, 48.3 hard hit rate. Those are all in the top like 15% of the league. A lot of red on his uh, on his StatCast page. So, uh, Savant page, excuse me. Outside of sprint speed, who cares about that though? <laughs> but he's a four category beast right now, or at least three and a half category beast. I don't think he's ever going to be more than what he is now. I think right now, 260, 270, you know, five or so. That's fair for him, but obviously he's not going to go any higher than that, I don't think. But, you know, really good in three categories, solid in another one. You know, that's what you want. So, especially from your first baseman, from a, you know, position that's gotten shallower and shallower it seems like every single year um when you're relying on you know the crap back end top 15 options i'd rather go out and get a guy like him or one of the top guys early on so i don't have to get one of those futile options later in, in the middle rounds um so yeah really like olsen here and another one here that has really we talked about him i get this guy a month or two ago um he's still doing well and you know i think it's time to ask like how elite can this guy be Let's take Oscar Hernandez. All of the Blue Jays right now are just absolutely on fire. Like I put out a tweet uh, earlier today. It's just ridiculous. Let me, let me read some of the stats here uh, for the Toronto. This is the Toronto Blue Jays hitters over the last 30 days. Vlad Jr., 328, 10 home runs. Bichette, 305, 4 home runs. Tay Oscar, 308, 8 home runs. Semyon, only 256, but with 13 home runs. Lourdes Gurriel, 376, 5 home runs. Kirk, 295 home runs, and Jansen only in, you know, a third of the play appearances, but 440 with three home runs. Like, the entire team's absolutely raking, and Teoscar's been right in the middle of that. Now up to 307, 358, 530, 27 home runs, 102 RBI, 83 runs, 11 steals. So, yeah, so how, how high should he be? Should he be considered a, you know, those are top 25 numbers. Is he a top 25 dynasty guy, Chris? Do you think so? I don't know. I've, I've got him inside the top 40 now, but you mentioned he's been the, a top 10 player on the Rasball player Raider. Yeah. And so that's pretty intriguing. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. I really thought he'd regress. I really thought regression was coming after last year, but he's just done nothing but get better, just consistently getting better. And it's nuts that he's still putting up these kind of stats. You know, yesterday or I guess Saturday when you listen to, I don't even know. Actually, we're not recording on Sunday. So <laughs> on, on the 13th, you're getting, you're getting all discombobulated with this yeah, know, recording. Right? We don't really record on Sunday, so I'm used to. Well, t- two days ago, he had a five hit game. And, you know, I didn't expect him to keep hitting for average, but it's exactly what he's done. I mean, 307 this year, certainly didn't expect him to continue what he did last year, where he hit 289, hit 16 bombs. But that has continued. I mean, you look at what he's done, I think. Everything is legit here. And, you know, people attributed this to a variety of things of the the home parks that they were playing in. They're back in Toronto and he's still raking. So, you know, I don't think that the Blue Jays park is that different than the parks they were playing in. It doesn't matter that much when you're hitting the ball as hard as guys like T. Oscar and Vlad are. It, it really doesn't matter. And so, I mean, you look at all the numbers across the board, they're fine. Yeah, he strikes out a little bit too much, but even that's been cut to 24.9%. He was always plus 30 in his past, you know, every season. And this year that's cut 5%, which is encouraging. You know, the walk rate could could be a little higher, but even still it's playing. He's putting solid OBPs because his solid numbers. And I don't know. I, I think you can make an argument for him to push like, near the top 30 or the top 25 is just so good. So hard to make an argument for him there, but you know, if he continues this, that door's open. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's inside my top 50 now, but it's just, it's, like you mentioned so many good names up there. It's hard to pump him too, too high, but who know if he keeps this up and he's doing this again next year, I mean, he'll be 30 and he's 29 or now will be 30 next year. So still kind of like in the heart of his, you know, prime years, quote unquote, I might have to do it. I might have to bump him up again if he continues doing this next year. It's funny. I'm looking at his Savant page right now. And, uh, you know, down near the bottom, they have the expected home runs by Park. And he has 27 home runs on the year. And it's it's crazy how different these are from, like, the highest um, park to the lowest park. 
his highest, if you just, um, these, he'd have 34 home runs in Seattle right now, seven more than his current total. He'd only have 19 in Kansas City. It's just, that's a really wide, 34 to 19. That is a really wide spectrum. Um, but quality of content metrics, as we, we mentioned, are all great. It doesn't really struggle. This thing, even last year, when he was had his breakout year, he was only hitting 121 with a 49.1% whiff rate on breaking balls. This year, 290 with a 39.8% whiff rate on breaking balls. So improve there. Doesn't really have a, a weakness against any pitch type. Yeah, he still mashes fastballs better than off-speed and breaking balls, but doesn't really have any weaknesses like he used to. He's really short up his approach. Doesn't you know he's never going to walk a ton. He's always kind of been around league average or even slightly below it. But K rate's been cut again, down to twenty four point nine percent. Just keeps getting a little bit better every year. So yeah, I am buying in, and this continues. He's top twenty five for me next year, probably. I, I'll have to do it. He's proven that he's that type of guy, and if he does it again next year, he'll be there for me. Uh, moving on to interesting guy that's been kind of a league quote unquote league winner. Over the last um, eh, three weeks to a month or so, Frank Schwindel, he kind of came out of nowhere. Like, somebody in our Patreon asked me when he started that a f- good few games to start this week, what I thought about him. I was like, oh, maybe he's a quad A type of guy. Um, a little bit older. I think he's, what, 28, 29 now already. Maybe he's just a late bloomer because he's just been absolutely raking basically the entire time he's been up with the Cubs. Uh, right now he is hitting 340, 385, 636 with 12 home runs and 174 plate appearances with a solid K rate, well under 20%. Quality of contact metrics are all cut, you know, average is slightly above average. It's not like he's lighting up the savant page with red or anything, but you know, where do you think we should be valuing him, Chris? I, I, I cut, he was a hard one for me to rank in my last update. I ended up putting him in the, where did I put him? I should probably have that up here. Uh, let's see. Frank Schwindel is no, that's Schwarber. Two eighty six for me. I don't know. I think I might have should have bumped him higher, but small sample size. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. That's the struggle, and I really <laughs> don't know where to put him because it is a small sample. Like, how do we know if this is legit long term or not? And if you're listening, you should certainly be riding the hot streak. Like he's been stellar. You're not going to pick him up at this point unless no one in your league has paid attention, but. I mean, he's at a 10.03 OPS over you know last 177 plate appearances this year, which is extremely good. 42.9% hard hit rate's really good as well. S- strikeout rate just 16.7%. Also solid. Like you know, numbers are solid across the board. Max EV is pretty good. The average exit velocity is kind of meh, 88.7 miles an hour, 9% barrel rate. I don't know. I really struggle with these guys that pop up like this late in the season and how to value them for dynasty. But here's what I do know is that you should always add these players and see where it goes. Yep. You should always have roster spots on the back of your team that you can churn and burn and add players like this to see if it is legit. And, you know, we could be wrong. Like he could take off. He could be a late bloomer and be really good, or he could tail off. Same is true with a lot of guys like Adolis Garcia you know, Pat, even Patrick Wisdom, who's also Schwindel's teammate. All these guys could go a lot of directions because we don't know as much about them. They're late bloomers coming into their own. And I guess the argument is, well, they performed at a high level, so you should bump higher. But on the flip side, you don't want to be over-aggressive on ranking a player like this. So ride it out, see where it goes. I'll be interested to see, but he's certainly been fun. And he's a player that's, you know, probably won you some leagues if, if you have them, if you picked them up and I would just see where it goes and see if it's legit. If not, maybe you can sell high on him at some point early next season because yep. he was solid or you can cut bait. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, definitely always give these guys a chance because you know who I'm going to use two extreme examples here, but just to prove my point, you know who this, this guy was what four years ago, Teoscar Hernandez, you know who this guy was what 13 years ago, Nelson Cruz. He was a late bloomer didn't really have any you know value and then all of a sudden he's turned into a hall of fame type of hitter over the last 12 13 years so give these guys a chance don't just look at the age and be like oh you know 28 years old you know there's a reason why he didn't get to the majors until he's 28 you know give him a chance like i said doesn't work out you cut him who cares it's, it's low risk let's say that and potentially huge reward whether it's catching in on a sell high 
or just holding on to them and reaping the rewards of whatever they give you for stats. So I'm with Schwindel. I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance. He's, he's always showed decent power, even back to his days in the, in the Royals org. So he's always had that power about him. So who knows? Maybe he's, you know, just runs into, you know, some 30 home run seasons over the next handful of years at Wrigley. They don't really have, unless they go out and have a spending spree this off season, don't really have much other, you know, other good options on that team. So he'll probably get some run here over the next couple of years and maybe turn into a long-term option for them. Who knows? We shall see. But rounding out our hitters here, uh, one of the arguably the biggest breakout performer of the 2021 season, and that's Cedric Mullins. You know, if you had told me before the season that somebody in Baltimore would be going 30-30, I would have called you crazy. And then even more so if it was Cedric Mullins because – you know, he was kind of, he's been up and down. He had been out for three years, not really done much, you know, 235, 094, 271. Highest slugging was 407, but this year doing everything well. 300, 367, 539, 29 home runs, 28 steals, 80, 85 runs in Baltimore. That's impressive. He could flirt with 100 runs in Baltimore. That is just damn impressive. You know, with him, first off, Chris, do you think he can be a top 25 or is he right now? Is he top 25 dynasty right now? Do you think? I haven't gone there yet, but <laughs> I don't he's know. Close. It's, I know it, it. He's another one. I don't know what to do with. Like, could he fall off completely? Yes. But I don't think we realize what elite company this is. Like he should, I don't want to jinx him, but he should easily hit 30, 30 at this point. He's 29, 28 right now. But how rare this has been to be 30, 30. Yeah, we saw it in the happy fun ball 2019 and 2018. Yelich in 2019, Acuna in 2019, Betts and Joe Ram in 2018. But prior to that, Trout was the last one to do it in 2012, him and Ryan Braun. So this is pretty elite company that he's joining by going 30 yep. 30, pending that you know he gets one more home run and two steals. That's very seldom done. And you know, obviously, it's so hard to look at a guy like this and you would have never expected this, but we've had a full season of it. We've seen even some ups and downs from him throughout the season. He's still gotten here. He still had 300 plus batting average, uh, 368 OBP, slug 542. Very, very solid there. And the interesting thing is when you look into the profile, like what really changed? He stopped being a switch hitter. Did that make all the difference in the world? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But like the power numbers, when you look at the metrics, he's barreling the ball up better. But it's easy to jump up when you, you know, the previous seasons had had a 3% <laughs> barrel rate and a 2.8% barrel rate. Right. But he's up to 8.8. You know, his average exit velocity, 89.8 miles an hour. It, it'll play. Like it's above average. Max EV is, is not great. You know, below 110 miles an hour. But he's just getting the job done consistently. The hard hit rate is up, so he's doing it more consistently, which is nice. Hitting the sweet spot as far as launch angle much more often. So I don't know. Like I could see, I can see the argument. Like next year, his ADP is going to be top twenty-five. I'm almost certain of it. Yep. Agreed. But is this a guy that could fall off power-wise? I'm not doubting the speed. I'm not doubting his ability to hit. I'm questioning whether the power can sustain, and that's the only thing holding me back. I want to say, yeah, he's a top 25 dynasty guy, but I really don't know. I, I don't know. I'm struggling with that for sure. Yeah, I am too. And I, I even put that on my notes. Like he's going to go 30, 30 this year, almost assuredly, but can he do it again? Probably not. I, I I'd bet money that he doesn't do a 30, 30 again next year or anytime down the road, but can he be a 270 plus hitter 20 or so home runs, 20, 25 steals? Yeah, I think so. Um, but is that top 25 when you add in kind of middle, even for him, you know, you look at when he combine his runs and RBI, he's at 141. So that's kind of like middle of the road. That's like, you know, you know, elite guys are already up over 200 at this point. So, you know, in fact, he's in Baltimore it does hurt him, but even though the ballpark helps, but the lineup right now does hurt him a bit. Um, so all that together, that's probably like a top 50 guy, but top 25, I don't know, but, he could prove me wrong. He's proven basically everybody wrong so far. So other than Justin Mason. Oh yeah. Justin Mason. Yeah. Props to Justin definitely was a Mullins guy. So I'm sure he's very much enjoying this, this season from Cedric Mullins, but 
yeah, I'll say, you know, he's close to me right now. I don't have him top 25. And I put this one out as a poll from our Toolshed account on Twitter. And currently, but uh, it's about two thirds say no. Um, so I'm kind of in that same boat. I have him right now. He's inside my top 40. At, actually, I have him at 32. I don't know how much higher I can go because the names ahead of him are like Bregman, Judge, Bieber, Bueller, Machado. I can't put him ahead of those guys unless he does. If he does this again next year, then all bets are off. But um, yeah, so I think top 50 moving forward, I think is fair. But top 25 moving forward, I wouldn't bet on that. But all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come back on the other side and get into some pitching talk. So don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get into some pitching talk here. Start out with, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion over, you know, who's a fantasy ace, who was in the fantasy ace lately. Some I put out a tweet earlier today about uh, what I thought the fantasy starting pitcher ADP would be next year. Not my rankings, but what I thought the ADP would be. And that sparked some discussion. I've seen some other tweets about it as well, certain players whatnot. So we're going to talk, you know, several guys here. We'll start with three. Uh, and I put out polls on all of these as well. So I asked, are these guys fantasy aces moving forward? The three names were Sandy Alcantara, Robbie Ray, and Logan Webb, all having phenomenal seasons. So far, the results on these three polls, Logan Webb, 63% no. Robbie Ray, 53% no. Sandy Alcantara, 78% yes. So he's the one that everyone is kind of all in on and, I put out a tweet lately because with first off, when I look at a fantasy ace, I kind of have three thresholds in my mind. Can they go 30 starts in the season consistently? Can they give me a sub three ERA? And can they give me a have the potential of being a 30% ish or better strikeout rate guy? So it's kind of like 30 starts, 30% under three. So it kind of all lines up. And I think, Two of those three boxes were checked off with Alcantara, the K rate being the one that wasn't. And lately, he has checked off that third box. You know, I was digging into him uh, last couple of days. I've really been digging into Alcantara and looked at his strikeout rate by month. April, 24.7%. May, 24.8%. And that's solid. Twenty, You know, around 25%. That's slightly above average. You know, solid. And then it dipped in, what's that, June and July. 17.1%, 19.3%. Like, all right, maybe he's just a low ratio guy and low K rate guy. So through July, 21.3%. Then August, 30.2% and 32.1% so far in September. It's like, well, what changed in August and September? He's been throwing a better changeup, getting more whiffs in the changeup, and the slider's been a lot better. So slight tweaks to the arsenal, especially with the two his two really good pitches, his off-speed pitches, slider and changeup. It's made all the difference in the world. So can he be a sub three ERA guy? Yep. Can he be a 30% K rate guy or close to it? I think so now. He's already made 30 starts this year. So that's all checked off for me. So I have him as a fantasy ace. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's interesting. I think the strikeouts were the biggest kind of question mark, but, but you mentioned, I mean, he's always shown the ability to go deep in the games. He's durable, gets a lot of starts. You, you rattled off a lot of good numbers there. And you know, the, the last two seasons and you know, even for that, most of his career, he's been pretty dang good at limited runs. You know, every season has an ERA below four, except you know 2017, his first year. You know, didn't pitch that much though, so you can kind of toss it out the window. But he's been stellar, and you know, each year seemingly gets a little bit better. And so it's certainly encouraging to see you know his progression of, of what he's done and just continually getting better and better and better. So yeah, I think there's certainly a fair argument here that. He could be. It's tough because you look at that range of of guys that I consider like the back end of fantasy aces, like you know your Jack Flaherty's, who obviously hasn't pitched much this year, and guys like that. And you you say, does he fit in that range? I think he certainly does. So he's he's been good. He's been durable. He said checked all those boxes you mentioned. So yeah, I think it's a fair argument. I think he's top fifty for dynasty overall. Are you are you there with him? Uh not quite uh i i bumped him up close let's see where do i have him uh well actually not too far i have 54 right now yeah. <laughs> so not too far off but so you definitely could be up there because you know i have like zach wheeler at 45 and i think he could be easily up there with, with wheeler and giolito pretty soon so 
Um, yeah, definitely could be. Yeah, he's been absolutely one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, over the last you know, since August first. Uh, since August first, he's uh, number six overall in K minus walk rate at twenty six point seven percent. And what was the other metric I had here? Oh yeah, and then uh, swinging strike rate since August first. Fifth at 15.9%, only behind Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Lucas Giolito, and Robbie Ray, who we'll talk about here you know, in a few seconds. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely a fancy ace moving forward as long as this the higher K rate sticks, which I think there's you – know, it looks like it could. But the, these changes are tangible changes. He You're using the slider more, so it's been a very good pitch. Throws, you know, He throws absolute gas with movement. Good change up. So, yeah, he has all the makings of a guy that can maintain a 30-ish percent strike cut, right? Maybe he's not going to be like Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, or, or any of those guys in terms of like, you know, super high K rate, but high enough that, yeah, I can feel comfortable drafting him as my fantasy ace moving forward here. Um, the other two, I'm not so sure about. You know, Robbie Ray, I've never, I don't know. Robbie Ray has always been like an enigma to me. It's like always so talented, but he was always so inconsistent due to the command and control issues. You know, they kind of fixed him this year up in Toronto, and he's got 269 ERA through 28 starts with 220 strikeouts through 170 and a third. You know, with with Robbie Ray and Logan Webb here, who's been a another breakout this year with a 280 ERA and 111 WHIP through 23 starts. Do you think either of these guys are fantasy aces right now, or could be in the future, Chris? No, I'm not going to go that high. I mean. With Ray, it's just the inconsistencies that we've seen in the past, which it scares me. And yet we've seen a great season from him, and it's been a full season. I'm so afraid that you know that could he could lose it so quick, and it, you know it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, he's always been a big strikeout guy. Like that's what you drafted him for was strikeouts. He's had good seasons in the past. You know, we look back in in 2017, he had an All Star year. You know, 289 ERA was elite, 218 strikeouts. And he's posted strikeout, uh, 200 strikeout seasons multiple times in his career. So this is nothing new. But this really low whip, 1.03 whip, and obviously he always walks a lot of guys, which pushes that up. And the ERA, this I mean, obviously a career low is previous being that 289 season where he dominated. I question, will it stick? Will it sustain? And I want to look at you know what caused this change which is interesting to me that he's throwing his fastball so much more. He's throwing his fastball nearly 12% more than he did last season. And you look back, actually, that 2017 season where he was dominant, he threw the fastball 56.5% of the time. This year at 59.6% of the time. So it's the highest he's used it since that 2017 season. Also using the slider more. He's basically you know, only throwing the fastball slider. He's mixed in some other pitches, but... 90% of the time, he's still in a fastball or slider. So virtually a two-pitch guy, which is kind of interesting as well, but it's working for him. I mean, he's limiting contact. He's got a low batting average against on both those pitches. Even the XBAs are pretty low on them as well. He has got hit kind of hard, which is a concern. His exit velocities are not good. His hard hit rate and barrel rates are not good. So he's allowing contact. has been hard, but he's seemingly gotten away with it. But even still, you look his XERAs of, of three, four, six. Like if he pitches that level, that'll play. But I don't think he's a fancy ace. I just see the walk rate ticking back up. Like I have a hard time believing that a guy that you know was a career what like 12 percent walk rate could just drop to six percent. It's not out of the question. But I don't know. He's he's one that I really struggled with where to rank. I've gone back and forth several times for dynasty. He will be thirty next year. I don't really know. And in Webb's case, at least he's younger. He's 24 years old. And, you know, he was some someone that was not really on anyone's radar because he hadn't been good in the past that we had seen. I mean, he had in 2019 had a, a 5.22 ERA and eight starts. And last year in 11 starts and 13 games had a 5.47 ERA. And then, bam, out of nowhere, he just, you know, really takes off. The strikeout rate ticks up. The walk rate goes down. He does everything you want to see, has people hit the ball into the ground. And using the sinker a lot more, which is interesting. That the sinker usage is way up from last year, and so obviously that's that's been working for him. And he's still striking out guys with the slider. He's getting a lot of strikeouts with the slider, which has been working. And so, I mean, shoot, if he can keep this up, it'll be interesting. I don't know if I see him sustaining at this level, but you can't argue with what he's done. 
I mean, they both, all these guys have been really, really good. So I guess the question more is like, can they sustain it? Yeah, I think they, I think Webb can, but again, I go back to what do I look at or look for in a fantasy ace and Webb isn't quite there. Like I do, I think he can be a guy that, you know, makes a lot of starts. Yes. Good ERA. Yes. He's a 280 ERA, 336 XERA. I think he'll be, you know, a low three ERA guy. But the K rate, even this year when he's been, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball over the last few months, and people are thinking, oh, he's a top 10 guy now. You know, he's someone he has a 26.2% K rate, which again is good. It's above average, but I don't know. I don't know if I see him going any higher than that. Maybe he'll always be slightly above league average, you know, 25, 26% or so. But he's a sinker ball. He's a, you know, sinker ball pitcher gets a lot of ground balls and i don't think he's like a rick porcello type of sinker baller that pitches more more so the contact like he can miss bats but he only has the one pitch the slider that chris mentioned that has a whiff rate above 30 percent. everything else is in the you know teens or low to mid 20s doesn't really have that third pitch he can go to like his third pitch in terms of usage which is actually close to his slider usage which is his change up at 23.5 percent he's got a 283 batting average against on it 28.8% whiff rate. It's it's okay. But I just don't see, you know, him getting any better than he is now. And even right now, I'm questioning if he is this year. So yeah, so I see him, I see both these guys, him and Ray being I think I'd feel okay with them as my number two moving forward. I probably will feel a little more safe with uh Webb actually than Ray's. I'm just worried. I'm just waiting for the like the other shooter to drop and Ray's like, oh, back to the high walk rate guy, which you know, he's made tangible changes and you know made a some adjustments in terms of his delivery and whatnot and mechanics. So maybe that is legit. And what we're seeing is legit. We'll have to see. I'll, I want to see how he does next year before I can buy fully hundred percent buy into that. But yeah, number two guys for sure, but not aces. So, but Alcantara, I think definitely is uh, sw- switching gears here though. Let's talk about a few guys that were fantasy aces coming into the year that have all kind of struggled you know, Aaron Nola, Luis Castillo, and you Darvish are the, are the three that really stick out here. They've all been pitching. You know, it's not like they've been hurt or anything like that, but all kind of had just mediocre seasons. But, you know, while, you know, before we get into all their stats here, going back to my, you know, stats since 8 1 tweet that I referenced a little while ago, I did three of them. I did the top swing and strike rate, top CSW rate, and top strike up minus walk rate. Aaron Nola showed up on two of those. So since 8-1, fifth highest strikeout minus walk rate, 27.5%. And seventh highest CSW at 32%. Barely behind Logan Webb, Max Scherzer, Lance McCullers, Morton, Musgrove, Burns. He's right there with all these guys. And K-minus walk rate only behind Burns, Ray, Snell, and Max Scherzer, who's just dominating everyone right now. So out of all these guys... I'm the most confident in Aaron Nola bouncing back. Like you, Darvish, he's getting older, so I, I gotta wonder if we're starting to see him decline as he gets to his mid 30s. Nola, he, I think he's just been unlucky this year. I don't. know. So I'm more confident in Nola out of these three bouncing back. What about you? What about you, Chris? Do you agree with that or? Yeah, easily. I I haven't dropped Nola any in my dynasty rankings because he's been the most unlucky pitcher in baseball. He's pitched extremely well. His strikeout rate's 29.9%, so right at 30%, which is actually the second highest of his career, You know, last year being the highest at 33.2%, but that was over just 71 innings. And his walk rate is the lowest of his career at 5.2%. So he's he's gotten better, which is crazy. Swinging strike rate's still up there at near 13%, 12.9%. He's just got high bat, inflated BABIP and a low strand rate. 458 ERA, but you look at the underlying numbers, his Sierra's 325, excuse me, and the FIP 341. So those are still ace level numbers. I'm not worried about Nola. He's going to get, he's going to be dropped next year in drafts, and I'm going to draft him everywhere. I think he's going to be great value because it's crazy that he's been unlucky for this long of a stretch. Like I just keep thinking, well, it'll be the next start, it'll be the next start, but. You know, really, I have no concerns about him. I think he'll rebound to the pitcher that he's always been next season just because of everything we've seen. He's still he just turned 28 this year. So he's not he's not old. Not worried about him a single bit. Now, Darvish, on the other hand, he's I think he's toast. I really do. Since the substance crackdown, he has been awful. And you just have to wonder 
was he just a product? And you hate to look and say that. I mean, right. he, threw, he throws like eight pitches. They're all you know ridiculous. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I know that since the substance cracked down, he's been atrocious. He's been killing fantasy teams. He should probably be dropped in a redraft league. He's not worth rostering in a redraft league at this point. Let me pull up a stat since the substance cracked down. In 14 starts since the substance cracked down, June 15th, and they may they don't even think they enforced it yet on June 15th. We'll factor it in. 14 starts. He has a 6.59 ERA oh. over that span. Yeah, that's terrible. He's still getting strikeouts. I mean, 71 innings, 85 Ks, but it's hard to argue with what you've seen. And yeah, I mean, his FIP's a little lower at 501, but still, 501 ain't good. I'll tell you that much. And it's not like he's had bad luck. His BABIP's still below. 300 so it's not like he's just began babbit to death right i don't know i certainly wonder if he's done you mentioned the age also being a factor he's 35 now he's surprisingly his spin rates aren't down a ton but i just kind of wonder if the fact that he throws so many pitches and not having that grip really is factored on in on him where he just can't get the grip he wants to get all these pitches i don't know i think that that's certainly been a factor with him so I'm completely out on him for Dynasty, personally. Yeah, he, he throws, like, 14 pitches. Like, Savant, Savant must have a field day with with uh, his pitches. Like, they have him at, at seven on here. He's, I think he throws more than seven. Who knows? He, he makes up his own names for him. Like, what do you have? The Supreme was one of them or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I kind of do disagree. I'm not fully out on him. I do question whether... I do think that the best days that you drivers are behind him because of his age and whatnot. And how he's looked into the sticky stuff crackdown, which again, we hate to talk about it like that, but it's a weird coincidence that he just went from being very good to very not good um, right around that time. And you look at his month, uh, month to month ERA is here 213, 223, 07, 736, 632, 995 this month. Ouch. Um, so yeah, not good. But at the same time, you look at the, entire body of work this year xera is right around her full run lower at 329 his k rate is only down a little bit walk rate only up a little bit it's not just any huge changes there his xba is actually lower this year than it was last year which is kind of odd um x slugs about the same x woba is about the same so i don't know I, i think he can still be decent like i don't think he's it's kind of like bellinger right like i don't think he's this bad i don't think he's gonna be you know, 2019, 2020 Darvish good, but maybe somewhere in the middle where he's like, you know, SP3, SP4, moving forward, got to still get your value with a ton of strikeouts. Um, but yeah, Dynasty, the arrow is definitely trending down here uh, for sure. And Nola, yeah, Nola, I, I, I've watched some Phillies games. Uh, I like, you know, I love, I love Bryce Harper. He's one of my favorite players. Um, I actually, I saw Nola pitch live when I was down there in Philly on my vacation last month. And, you know, even though he had a, you know, mediocre start, I think he had like three earned in five innings or something like that. You know, overall, like Chris mentioned, I think he's just being, he's one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. All the metrics are still very good, very much in line with last year, like almost eerily how much they've been in line with last year and even has the best walker rate over, over his career this year. So, yeah, definitely think he can bounce back. He's going to be one of my favorite draft day bargains next year. So Chris, would you be for 2022 only? Would you be okay with him as your ace, or would you kind of feel better about him as your two? I, I think I'd be fine with him as the ace personally. Yeah, I, I think he's going to wait go, on him and get him in the you know kind of what round three or four as your back the kind of back end ace. Yeah, I think he'll go probably around pick 50. So I'd, I'd be glad to. I'll go a couple bats to begin and be glad to get him there as my SP one. Yeah, would you rather go? Oh, let's see here. Would you rather go in like rounds? Think of a good person here, like yeah, let's say Shane Bieber. Would you rather go Bieber in round like late mid to late round two or Nola in yeah, you know, right, right around where you think you you can get him? I'd probably prefer just to wait on Nola. I have some yeah. question marks on Bieber. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's fair. so many like non surefire bets at this point at pitcher. Like I think it pays to get a pitcher early, but you have to hit the right one, and that's been hard to do recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been a weird couple of years, that's for sure. Hopefully, twenty twenty two brings more normalcy. We'll see. I'm, I'm at this point, I don't, I'm not betting on it. Uh, <laughs> but real quick here, we haven't really talked a lot about Luis Castillo. 
I don't know. I've never been a big Luis Castillo guy. I always thought he was a bit overrated. Like he was always good, but when he was getting ranked as like a fantasy ace, I just didn't see it. And I still don't like this year. The Cade rate has dropped 7%. A walk rate has gone up one full percentage point. ERA is up a full run. XERA is better. It's 367 compared to 424. But, you know, I just don't see him ever being a fantasy ace again. Like he's got, you know, the good changeup, but even that, the changeup the, has not been as good this year with rates down about 8%. Um, so that hasn't been quite as good as it was in years past. But at the same time, his slider's been better, so that, that's definitely helped. Um, but, you know, just in general, I don't know. I think he's a good number, you know, back mid to mid to back end number two. But I don't know. I don't see him ever bouncing back to being an ace. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean... Yeah, he was really bad at the beginning of the year, and he's definitely gotten better down the stretch. But, you know, there's there's still some things in the profile that kind of leave me a little hesitant. He tends to get hit hard from time to time. He's left a four seam over the middle of the plate a decent amount this year. And I know he, I know he likes to throw it up in the zone, but when you leave it over the middle, it's, it's really going to hurt you. Like you mentioned, the changeup being a really good pitch, I'd honestly like to see him use it more. I don't, I think he should up the usage on it personally. But that's just me. Go change up heavy when it's that good. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think he's more of an SP2, and I think that hopefully he gets treated like that moving forward, but I could see him. some people still pumping him. It's a higher-end guy. Yeah, he was one where I put out my ADP, and I did not put him in my top 15. I, I'd even put him in honorable mention because I, I ran out of characters, but he probably would have been in the back end of my honorable mention. But yeah, I think he's an SP2. And I'm not even sure there's one he's one I'd want to target. I don't know. I think there's a lot of the guys in that range that I'd probably want more than Luis Castillo. But uh, one more name here in the ace discussion, Max Scherzer. 37-year-old Max Scherzer is, you know, dominating, like I mentioned earlier. And he, he always dominates, but even more so since he went over to the Dodgers where, like I mentioned, he has the highest K-minus walk rate in baseball by about four points, uh, four percentage points. And eight starts with the Dodgers, six wins, 0.88 ERA, 0.67 whip in 51 innings with 72 strikeouts to five walks. That is insane. Um, not, I'm not surprised, though. Scherzer's like, if, if I could pick one guy in baseball right now, Game 7, World Series, got to win. I can pick anybody. I'm picking Max Scherzer. So, um, But the question is, how long is he going to be, remain as a fantasy ace? I cut some slack because I have him as my number, I think number 19, 20, 21, something like that pitcher for dynasty purposes, just because of his age. I still fully expect next year of him to be a top five guy and probably the year after that. But how long does he pitch? He's 37. Now he'll be 38 halfway through next year in July. You got to wonder, you know, maybe he's a guy that is, you know, pitches. So he's 43, 44 because he has that mindset. Who knows? But he also could retire in a couple of years. You never know. Um, he's only signed through. He signed through this year. I don't think he's going to retire this year. But um, how long or much longer can he be at this level? And should he be valued as a fantasy ace just because of how old he is? I don't know. That's why I have him outside my top 15 or so for dynasty arms because of his age. I don't know. If, maybe I'm being a little too harsh on him because he's already top three arm in the game right now. But I don't know. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's tough to value. And I thought he had hit peak value in 2019. It's had him in a couple of dynasty leagues and I traded him. Like I got good returns, but you know, I would certainly love to still have him on my teams because he's still performing that good. But you just never know when these pitchers, when they go over 35, like which direction they're going to go. He's just continued to be dominant. And, you know, since going to LA, he's been easily the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, 0.88 ERA and eight starts and 51 innings, just absolutely obnoxiously good 38% K rate 2.6% walk rate. Like that's just ridiculous. And so I don't know. I, I, he's 37. Like you mentioned, I think next year you can probably count on being a high end guy, but at 39, it's so tough. I mean, we thought Justin Verlander was still that, and then he gets hurt. So it's always the risk you run, but God, I just don't know. I like, should you sell him high in dynasty? It's a tough balance. It's, it's not I, a bad, not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, you you could probably get something really good for him in the offseason, just especially if he just dominates the postseason. That Dodgers going to run again, you could you get a king's ransom for him. I think. Yeah, so. if you're if you're not a contending team, if you're like middle of the pack or rebuilding, 
I definitely would. Because by the time you get back in contention, he's what, 39? So who knows what he looks like at 39? I'm I'm not going to bet against him, but you just never know how long these guys are going to pitch. So um, I'd say he could be still an ace for the next, I think, I'd say at least the next two years. I can say that with a high level of confidence. And then three, four years, it'll be, you know, third year, it'll be 40. We'll see them, but I don't see him kind of falling off a cliff anytime soon. Like we've seen, he's, he's getting better. It's just, which is insane because of how good he's been over the last decade or so back, you know, with the, with the Nats and with the Tigers. So, um, yeah, I still think that a couple years, but yeah, if you're middle pack or it's not a contending team this year, or don't think you'll, you'll contend next year, I could see selling him for a pretty high return. So, um, let's hit one more here before we get out of here. A guy that's been an ace at some point, but again, I think he's been even more maddening than uh, Robbie Ray just because he's been just as up and down as Robbie Ray. And for the most part, we've been using higher draft picks on this guy than we were on Robbie Ray for the most part. Blake Snell, this year, so up and down. Started off okay, then was terrible to the point where he was getting... I saw him dropped in a few leagues. People asked me, should I drop Blake Snell back in June, July? Which, you know, wouldn't have been a bad idea, but He's since turned it around, but overall, he's been actually very good. Like he mentioned, he was in that top five for K-minus walk rate over the last uh, month and a half or so, which shows how much he has turned it around. Overall, 420 ERA, 132 whip. So again, even though it's been up and down, the stat line looks kind of the same. Middling ratios, a ton of Ks, 30.9% K rate. That's in line with the last few years. Walk rate's 12.5% though. It's actually ERA is actually higher at 485. So I don't know. I think some people are thinking Blake Snell's back. Uh, I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I look at this and the Padres fired their pitching coach, Larry Rothschild, on August 24th. Snell's had four starts since then and a 1 2 1 ERA over 22 in the third innings. Strikeout rates up, the walk rates down. He's using the fastball and slider more. He's pretty much ditched the changeup. Actually, he's using the sorry, he's using the fastball less slider and curveball more since then. So it's interesting. I wonder, like they had all these talented arms, and I just wonder if it was a weird, you know, method that their pitching coach was using. Yeah. I don't really know for sure. And we can't say that for sure, but he certainly looked much better. I mean, his strikeout rate up over 40% since then. The walk rate's down to 5%. Small sample, four starts, but I think it's worth noting. It's still 22 innings, and we'll be interesting to see how that carries forward. You know, we can't say for sure, but he's certainly been better. And even even a little bit prior to that, he had still been pitching well. So it'll be fun to monitor. He's another one. I don't really know where to put him in my dynasty rankings. Where right. you know, so bad. He's been you know Cy Young at some points. Now he looks like pitching a high level again. It'll be 29 in December. He's hard to value, but you know if you bought low on him, then certainly like it might pay off. Yeah, right now I have him at one twenty-seven. Uh, actually, right near another guy we talked about earlier, Logan Webb. Let me ask you, Chris. Next uh, five years, who's the better pitcher in the next five years for fantasy, Logan Webb or Blake Snell? Probably Webb, just from a volatility standpoint. I think that he'd be more consistent. I think we'll see some volatility with Snell, which certainly gives me pause, but. Snell's certainly got more upside. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So look at the Cade rate. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, I do think it's a great idea that they've gone, you know, with more of the breaking balls because you look at look at his breaking balls here, and both the curveball and the slider have a whiff rate above 45%. You know, and that's been the case that was the case last year. And that was the case year before that, and the year before that. <laughs> Every year, curveball <laughs> and slider above let's see, 2017. Yep. 2016. All right, 2016 is the last time uh, curveball or slider had a whiff rate below 45%. That's when his curveball was only at 35.8. Still pretty solid there. But yeah, he gets a lot of whiffs on the breaking balls. Like we've seen, you watch him pitch, he breaks off some absolute beauties. So, um, but the fastball has always been kind of mediocre. You know, 265 betting average against 2019, 326 last year. This year has actually gotten better, but I'm still not as good as the breaking pitches. So, yeah, I like the fact that he's going more with the, with the breakers and less on the four-seamer. Um, that's a good method for success. So I think he's going to bounce back, but I don't know. I'm still has He's the type of guy I like to avoid. I just I hate the high walk rate guys because of the up and down. I hate the inconsistent guys. 
That's why, like Tyler, I'm in a love hate relationship with Tyler Molly for a different reason, but his his, because his home road splits. But all these guys are up and down. I like consistency. Uh, So Blake Snell is a guy that I I I would like to have because he's good, but I think he's always going to be taken by someone that likes him more than I do. So I don't see myself having any shares of Blake Snell anytime soon in redraft or dynasty. And I don't think I have one right now in any league. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. So. I, don't know, I guess I'm not quite as back in as you are, but I do think that he's going to turn it around. So, um, or continue, you know, to turn it around here and not be as bad as he was mid season since that was pretty terrible, but all right, that is going to wrap us up here. Thank you to everyone for tuning in again this week. We hope you all enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at aircross zero four. Chris is at Roto Clegg and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. and check out all of our written work at fantraxhq.com or over on our Patreon. Make sure to tune in again next week for more Dynasty and Prospect Talk. But until then, everyone take care.